Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the shift. Uh, we don't have Dez's sexy intro voice because he is on a plane. So I am introing the next episode for you. Uh, before I do that, though, I just want to say a huge thanks to Dez for the last episode. It was a beautiful tribute to his mother. And um, we're so lucky that he shared that with us. So thanks a million. She'd be so proud. And then this next episode is also not really about sex. Um, it's more about dating. So that's kind of fun. We have a nice dating uh, episode. And um, we actually went up to upstate New York the day after we got back from Ireland. Um, so this is recorded a few weeks ago and we met with Sarah Eckel. Sarah Eckel is an author of a book called It's Not You. And she also wrote for the New York Times um, in their series Modern Love. And she's wrote features for lots of other things. I found her through um, a feature she wrote about jealousy called Listening to Jealousy. It was really, really interesting. And so we discuss a lot about dating and staying single later in life, not settling, waiting until you meet someone who's compatible for you. And, you know, jealousy, the effects of it, how to handle it, how to communicate. And what else? Um, yeah, just relationship stuff in general. It was really interesting. I felt like I learned a lot. And she uh, she was great to let us come into her home and chat with us about this. So I'm really excited. I hope you guys like it. Uh, we... Um, we have an email for feedback, contact the shift at gmail.com. So please keep emailing us. I'm loving all your feedback. It's great. And keep DMing me. It's great. I love having the chats with you guys. So yeah, um, this is the episode. So Sarah Eckel and I'll talk to you at the end of the at the end of the episode. Thank you. Enjoy. Thank you for having us in your home. Thank you for coming. This is such a treat. This is so fun to do. You you live in such a such a lovely quaint like old fashioned, beautiful houses. Yeah, it's what I think of like America, not the New York that we live in, but it's like these little, I, well, I guess actually I don't see a lot of picket fences, but I, it's like that kind of picket fence. There is one next door. They oh, have great. a picket fence. Yeah. 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 It's funny. This Kingston is an interesting city because yeah, right where we are, it does look like small town America, but it's actually a city of, of about, it's about 20,000 and you go a little bit further in and it's much more city and then you go out this way and it's just like exurbs or sub, like very suburban. So, but like right this little sweet spot, it's very just yeah. It feels like, like a old New England town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first capital of New York State, Kingston. Wow, before Albany. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's cute. Very old. Bit of history. 
Yeah, I like yes. these places because it's like they're also homely, but I'm also like they're also like where serial killers are. To be. <laughs> <laughs> or like from all the movies where yeah. it's just like <laughs> it's so true. So Sarah, we were uh, I guess Katie. In fairness, Katie was uh, very motivated to chat to you. Yeah, well, I guess sought I sought you out. Actually, in fairness, I thought it was it was a bold move. <laughs> it's amazing that it that it that it worked out. You know, I yeah, I had said that I was surprised you had emailed back. We're very happy. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of just because you know, I wasn't too sure, but I guess I had found you first from reading your article uh, or your feature on jealousy mm-hmm. uh, oh. in uh, Psychology Today, and I thought it was just I sent it to all my friends. I sent it to Des. We thought it was brilliant. And then I started reading up on your articles and then you obviously have written a book called It's Not You. And yeah, so it's just you thought it would be great for our podcast because um, you touch on a lot of modern dating teams. So, Oh, thanks. That's that's kind of cool to hear that you you found me through the jealousy piece because usually it's through... The, um, the New York Times Modern Love piece. That's usually like the first like way that people find out about me. So I'm, I'm just happy to know that that um, that piece has got some love. Too. Yeah, yeah. You, you never know the internet. You never know what way the <laughs> yeah, internet yeah, yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. throw so, you around, yeah. you know? <laughs> but also as a 43-year-old single man, I feel like you, 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 covered a lot of, uh, you covered a lot of topics that would be relevant to my life. Cool. Now, when you, when you wrote the book originally, uh, which was, I, I guess, would, would you say for a long time when you were writing in the New York Times and, and also for the book, we, you, you were single for a long time in your, in your sort of, yeah. so, quote unquote, later years to be single? Is that yes. right? Yes. I, I met Mark, my husband, when I was 39. And, and I had been single for pretty much, and, and not just not married, but really very like unattached from, say, 31 to 39. I think it had little mini relationships but really no, um, like no one that I even called a boyfriend, like just dated, but you know, so it was like a really long time. And then prior to that, I had had a boyfriend for three years in my twenties, but then had a long period stretch of dry spell then. And I was really very obsessed with just like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I make this happen? I, you know, I'm okay looking. I'm not the most beautiful person, but I'm not the worst. You know, it's like, like the whole thing was just like, and I wrote for women's magazines. I wrote for um, Self and Glamour and those kinds of magazines. And so it, writing for women's magazines is great because you get to um, say, you know, I just thought it might be I'll do a story about, you know, there's a lot of women who are single and trying to figure out why. And you, know, you can like whatever your own issue is, you can then like pitch it to an editor um, and then you get to call all these experts and you get to talk to like, sort of like, the, so I would, you know, be unloading about my own stuff to these big time experts and just trying to sort it all out and trying to just, it was all, I, I kind of treated myself like a big self-improvement project. It's just like, <laughs> you know, like I'll be more confident. Like I'd write an article on how to be more confident and then I'd try it out, you know, and all these different things. And I just tried out all these different ways to kind of, fix myself and um but was it always in relation to dating or was it also in relation to the big picture of being happy i wanted to be happy yeah definitely i wanted to be happy and live my life it was a kind of but there was this thing of you know it's like that weird thing where people just like you need to be happy in your life and you need to be happy alone so that you can find somebody and it's almost like the being happy alone is like the prerequisite to being able to be in a couple and it's just like, well, how does that work? You know, what, why would they be? Because there's lots of people who marry right out of high school and they're happily married and like they didn't have to learn to be yes. happy alone. Yeah. So it's like, why do I? But so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, 
you know, wanting to just be happy in my life and live my life. But there was always this nagging thing of, well, and if I get, if I make myself so great, then, then I'll find this person. And I would just get frustrated because people would just be falling in love and getting married all the time. And it's just like, they're not putting in nearly the kind of work that I'm doing. You know, I'm like the one going to yoga and meditating. Like, I'm not doing all this stuff. Like, they're just like, I don't know. I just was out and he was there. And, oh, and you know, now we have two kids. And so, and then I was also like really ashamed that I wanted a relationship so much because that's another thing I talk about in the book is like that also becomes evidence that you're not, um, that you're not ready for a relationship is if you want it too much. And it's just like, well, yeah, I want to, but so, so that was also, so I was trying to, and then it seemed, it seemed like not feminist to want a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. It seemed really uncool. You have to kind of put on this, it's like, I'm not looking for a relationship. And, and so it was just all very confusing to me that, that, um, I had these like desire for a relationship, but I also was kind of embarrassed by it. But then it's just like, well, getting married and being in a relationship is kind of normal. That's kind of the thing most people do. Yes. So I, so, so that was kind of, but um, surely that's a bit stifling that much thinking about a thing. I do, which is a thing I tend to do. (laughs) (laughs) Analysis paralysis. I like to really over it. Yeah. I I really like to just go to town on, on, on anything like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's, um, uh, and, and, you know, at a certain point and it was like a few years before I met Mark, I just realized I was like, Oh, I don't know. I just realized this is all bullshit. Like, it's just, it's, I'm fine. Like, I'm not the best, but like, I'm not, you know, like, but lots of people get married and they have all kinds of issues and I don't need to like become this perfect person to, to find a relationship. So that was very liberating. And then, um, and then, yeah, and then I did, but it, but it wasn't like the next day. It was like, cause that's the other myth, you know, it's like you get, you, you, you sort of like have this big moment and then the next day there he is. But it was still like three more years before I actually met Mark. But yeah. um, but it kind of happens or it doesn't happen though, right? Like it, yeah. like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered had you sorted yourself out or not. I mean, you, you, you may have met him anyway, right? Exactly. Well, I think that he would have still, I feel confident enough and, you know, now we've been together for 13 years. So I feel like, you know, I think he would have liked me even without the yoga and all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, he still would have liked me. Um, so. I love what you said there, there because I relate that so hard because I want love, have always wanted love. Okay, I want the whole thing. And my friends will constantly say to me, when you don't want it, it'll happen. But that's impossible. I'll always want it. What if I don't want it? And it frustrates me. So, And I can, I mean, over the years, yeah. people have always said that to me. Yeah, what kind of like, that, that is such a, that's how... To, to, to say that to somebody is just like, okay, so now I will stop wanting it. Like, it's, it's like telling you not to think of pink elephants. It's like, then all you're going to do is think of pink elephants. You can't like not think about a thing or not want a thing. Yeah. Like, it just kind of makes you feel even more doomed that you, that you, um, it's just like, yeah, when you're not looking the whole, like it always happens yeah. when you're not looking. So when it's, you, when you were uh, doing all this research and writing, writing the articles and different things, what, what, was the general consensus that, Life is better if you can find a partner. You mean, oh, in the stories? Just in, um, ge- just in general. Was it, would, you know, you say you were talking to a lot of experts, and obviously you've had your own experience since. What, what, was it generally accepted that actually your life will be better if you find somebody, or is that just something that we think? I mean, I certainly felt it myself, but I think there was, it's almost like not, like no one would ever say that, especially not like the experts. It's always It's always just like, this, you should be happy, you know, it's, you should be happy by yourself. You should be able to make yourself happy on your own, 
which is true and good, but it, I think that, I mean, just my, like, looking back on it now, it, it makes life easier, like, in, in a lot of ways. It, makes, it, can make, it can make things more complicated in certain ways, but I think part of it is just that um, you, you don't have to answer for yourself anymore. That was the thing I noticed, like, about, like, being in a relationship or getting married is just, like, suddenly, like, like nobody asks you, why did you get married? Like, people ask you why you're single all the time. <laughs> nobody asks you why you got married, but, like, you know, Mark and I, we don't have children. We're not religious. Our parents didn't pressure us. Uh, like there's, you know, why did we get married? Like we could have just, we could just still be living together. We didn't really have to get married, um, but but nobody ever asked you that. And, nobody and said, so, "Yeah, why did you get married? Yeah, like, why didn't you just like, live what's together?" The point? Yeah, like like no one no one said that. So there's a way in which like so in that sense. But yeah, I think that I wouldn't say that people thought that. No, I, I wouldn't say that there was a consensus that it was better. It just was. Um, but there were times when, it, you know, when I would just get a little frustrated hearing from somebody who'd married in their twenties telling me you should be happy with, you know, as a single person, mm-hmm. this is like, what do you, what do you know about it? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so well, a lot of um, people with kids make that joke with you. It's like, trust me, uh, right, the grass right. is greener. And, and I totally get that having kids seems super hard to me. I mean, uh, you know, it, we, the reason we don't have kids is just kind of. It was it was not a hard decision either way. We just you know we just don't have them. I didn't get pregnant, so we don't have kids. But it's not a problem. But yeah, it seems super hard for me. I kind of feel a little bit relieved that I, that it just didn't. We we sort of tried, but you know I I that yeah. You're kind of happy the way it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, you have the excuse then to say, "Well, we tried." Yeah, we tried. Because <laughs> people do. I think I think sometimes people can be quite shaming if you don't have kids, as if somehow that was a selfish act. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, it's weird though. There's you still get the like. Well, you probably didn't want them enough because, like, I didn't do any, you know, I didn't do anything medical. I didn't do, you know, and we don't, you know, we're aware that we could have adopted. Like, we're aware that that is a thing that people Mm do. So there's still, you still get the, like, you didn't want them enough. But I don't know, for some reason, I think because I went through so much of the the single thing and I kind of worked through that whole thing that, like, then I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I I don't really care. That it doesn't, it doesn't bug me when, I mean, maybe it bugs me, but I, I, I don't take it very personally when people kind of say things like that because I'm just, I think, having worked through the whole single thing. and Because the single thing was like I bought into it. And once I stopped buying into it myself, then I could kind of like, then everybody was just kind of like a cranky old uncle at a wedding. <laughs> you know, then everybody's like, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. But it, it, I had to kind of like not believe it myself for it to kind of, for other people's opinions to not really have that impact on me so if you had just just from that whole time of your life and all the thinking that you put on it do you do you have like quick things that you would say to people that are maybe getting a little later in the game or starting to get frustrated do you have like a quick list of points for people of like this will help you well i think the thing i was it's funny i was looking over to some of the things i was thinking about one thing is that there's a sense of, I mean, the thing that I always was carrying around with me was what's wrong with me. What's wrong with me that I can't, and, and that um, was like the modern love that I wrote, the first one, that really resonated with people, like what's wrong with me. And, it, but there may be, maybe it's actually that there's something right with you. Maybe you have just had the good sense to not get into the wrong relationship because a lot of people marry and 
and they it doesn't work out and the divorce rate is now actually lower than it used to be the divorce rate has been declining actually since about 1980 and that's because people wait longer to get married and oh, wow. people, I did not yeah and, and people are and, and the more educated you are the more likely you're to stay together and the later you get married the more likely you are to stay together so being single and staying single for a longer amount of time you're actually you know kind of fortifying the institute of the institution of marriage because you're kind of you're, you're kind of you are being selective and that's important and you kind of you, I think the main thing is just to trust your instincts to just know that that um, if you haven't married anybody yet maybe that's just because you haven't met the right person and you've had the good sense to not marry them and to not and that you you were not desperate because you, you didn't marry that person because you realize no better just to, to stay alone than to be in this thing that maybe is 80% right, but something's off, um, then to, um, then to, to be in something because you're, you're afraid to be alone or because you just, you, you get all that, you know, there's so much pressure to conform and to just, to do what everybody else is doing. And so I think that, um, that just kind of giving yourself the credit for, for understanding, for, for having that intuition that, that, um, yeah, there's other things, those other opportunities I had to get married, they, that, that was not right, that, that I, I should not have been that with that person, and we'd just either be in an unhappy marriage or we'd be divorced at this point. Yeah, well, I like what you said um, in one of the modern love pieces that when meeting your husband later in life meant that you couldn't blame him for things. Yeah. That, and I think that's so true, like that's so important because also you said that you couldn't blame him on how your career turned out or yeah. so you kind of got to focus on that and then focus on so I yeah I think that's a good point as well like just like living your life and because if you had a yeah if you had met him younger and things didn't turn out in career wise it's easy to blame each other or it's like oh we had to move to Phoenix for yeah. a job or or just also just um we're also really grateful for each other in a way that I don't I just don't think I would have been if I had married at 25 I think that I just would have taken him for granted a lot more and and so there's just a really, you know, he, he had been married before, um, but it just wasn't, it was a marriage that didn't work out. And so now we're just like, wow, are you, are you kidding me? I just get to hang out with you all the time. Yeah. This is great. You know, he had and no so kids from a previous marriage. He didn't have kids. No, he had a couple of pugs, a couple of dogs, <laughs> which, which really, is like kids in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Except the great thing is that they only last about, there's a less of a commitment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, 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 we miss the pugs. But yeah, the, it's good, the, it's the pros and cons too. of a dogs. Yeah. That, uh, they're so wonderful, but then it's a lot of loss. It's wow. a lot of loss, yeah. My, my stepmom, she's only 15 years older than me, but she says to me that, like, I guess in Ireland, you know, she loves her kids and she's yeah. delighted she had a lot of kids. But there, there was always the expectation to get married and have kids. And she says to me now, like, just you know that's something you don't have you can think about it like as a woman mm -hmm. and it was really nice and she said no one was saying that to her now obviously she's very happy to wear it but it is yeah i'm glad that i have that kind of voice as well being like okay well if you know if you don't have kids you can have a great quality of life like it is hard having kids like i see what my parents have to do and i'm like my dad's always like it's okay being alone as well <laughs> yeah it, it 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 is really hard and um you know i know that if we had i feel like if we'd had kids like we would be like the same amount of happy. We would just be like, you know, there'd be all those stresses and hassles and, and all the things that we wouldn't be able to do, but then we'd also have the child and we would love the child. And so, but I feel like it, it seems like 
kind of even. It just gets, yeah. Well, either way yeah. would be fine. I mean, yeah, isn't that yeah, the way? It's like yeah. you know, people end up not having kids and their life is fine, and they have kids and that's fine too. And yeah. you know, and and I think that I mean, this there's a lot of interesting research that says that, um, and and I might be partisan that 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 people who have children, um, or people who don't have children are actually happier than people who have kids, and then the people who have kids are just like, no, that's all wrong because. They, you don't understand the sublime joy of being a parent, which is probably true. I know I don't know the sublime joy of being a parent, but um, I think it's it can be a little it can be interesting how sometimes there they can be these, almost these, these wars of like who's happier. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like ah. who cares? Like yes. it's just like we all just have our life, and and nobody's life. Yeah, no one's life is better than anybody else's or choices are better than anybody else's. But it's interesting how we can, it's easy to like dig into your camp. And yes. And I noticed that after um, the book came out, I was very often, I, I got kind of, there were a lot of like, there, there was all these kind of childless by choice kind of groups and or, or authors. And I, I kind of, I was not really interested in like, going to bat for being childless i was just like yeah i don't have kids but i don't really feel compelled to just be like and it's so great because you know we can sleep in i just i don't i I don't know (laughs) but it is like i I just notice even on like irish radio shows and stuff it's a hot topic like like if you're a radio host you think well this is great because this is gonna light up the phones the texts Mm. are gonna come pouring in because it's kind of divisive and people are very much in, in their camps i mean i remember when my dad was dying, right, at that time you could clearly see how important family was. It's all that mattered to him. And I was very broody after that time. Mm. So I, I do think that there are obviously certain things that you can never understand until you have children. But most of your life you're not dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually only a short period of time. Yeah. Right. It's a short period of time where you're just thinking, I need my family around me. The rest of the time you're free. So yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll just get them to push the button on the morphine a little quicker. <laughs> I mean, so of course, true. of course, I, of course, I'm joking. No, it's, it, it, it's true. Someone like I was, I was reading this somewhere. Just like, aren't you afraid of dying alone? It's just like, well, you know. Whatever you're gonna die, you know. Maybe it'll just be. Yeah, it's just. Oh yeah. How it happens is. And she look, you might end up kind of bad. Anyway, you could have kid and them not talk to you, or yeah. anything can happen. It's like just being, yeah, just being happy no matter yeah. no matter what. Like you said, you're happy the way you are. You would have been happy the way, but that there's the option. There yeah. should be that. There shouldn't be pressure on. Yeah, I don't know if I want kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, I have like a breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> that is such an interesting subject about are you are you are you afraid of dying alone and all that. But the the, the thing thing it makes all these assumptions about perfect deaths. Like yeah. there's just mm-hmm. so much stuff that we do not know. Yeah. So it would be it would be quite silly to you know base your whole life around sort of these these things that we can't control anyway. Having this moment, right, to base your whole life on making sure there's that moment when you're on the bed and everybody's around you when it just could be like a million ways for it to happen and so yeah my yeah. mother happens to be making tea when my father died yeah. Yeah, it's just very hard to be there at yeah. that yeah. at that moment not that yeah. I want to get yeah, like, hung up around <laughs> no but hung up but just 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 before we move on uh, I did want to ask um, I, do you feel that the the dating apps have sort of cha- you know in that they weren't around at the time when you mm-hmm. were thinking about all this do you think that they've changed it to a certain degree in terms of uh, people getting older getting panicky now they have a lot more options I don't know I I talked to, I, I was doing for a while, I haven't done it in a while, but I was doing some coaching for a while with, with women because people, women would read the book and then they would kind of want, want to talk to me. And so I was, and, um, 
and at first I just felt like because I did online dating I did um, Match.com and and, um, I think Nerve were the ones that were around and so and and that was at a point when when it was kind of still pretty new and it was really embarrassing to just be like, you'd say like a guy I met on the internet and your married friends would be like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was like really, so it was still kind of just when it was, it was starting to just not become embarrassing, but it was still a little embarrassed. But, um, um, and I was kind of, for me, it was just like, Oh my God, I can actually like find somebody. And he, we're going on a date and, we both know that we're single and want to, are looking and it isn't like this thing where I'm at a party. I have to, A, have to just happen to just walk into the right party and then, oh no, I'm, you know, and, and then have to play this game about whether or not I'm looking. It's like, if you're on a match.com date, you're both looking. Yes. And so I, I kind of like that. And I like the fact that like, oh, he's just a guy. He's just, I just wouldn't have met him otherwise. So I found it to be very, um, I never, I didn't meet my husband online and, and I never had anything online happen, turn into a relationship, but all the guys were really nice guys. Like it, it wasn't a hookup thing at all. But, um, so, but I do hear from women that there's now, there's a lot more of the hookup thing. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I found it hard because I don't like having, I don't like hooking up and a, a lot of online dates were looking for hookups straight away. Mm-hmm. So that was stressful but I actually talked uh, so Tinder's big in Ireland now and I talked to my cousin when I went home and she said most of her girlfriends have met their boyfriends yeah. from Tinder and that's uh, I, I actually surprised me a little because it wasn't around when I was there but yeah on, in New York City it's definitely more of a it's a hookup thing I my experience was but do people because I know lots of people who marry who are married to people they met online like through but do but do, I mean do people have so so in Ireland your your friends have 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 met their boyfriends yeah. like around in, in in the city in New York are people meeting having relationships based on tinder yeah I think so I mean it's just I nowadays like why would you wait? Why would you wait to flag a cab when you can order an Uber? I mean, it's kind yeah, of the yeah, same yeah. with dating. Thing. Why am I going to sort of like hope to have a random experience when I can just pre-organize one and at least know that I'm meeting this person to see what they're like? But it's it, easier yeah. than walking up and saying, "Can I buy you a drink?" But it yeah, can, it can be a little. It can be a little like um, soul destroying because you can go on all of these and you can say before I I, yeah. I don't want to hook up, but sometimes you're actually opening the door for more weirdos to come to come to you. Mm. Like I mean, I had maybe one good experience with the online tinder date and other than that all of them were like i said i didn't want hookups and they still were like i'll change her mind on the night (laughs) you know or very bizarre and it just oh actually that's not i uh, then i moved to hinge hinge was better i met nicer people uh, but hinge specifically says looking for relationship so I i think hinge is good and this is sponsored by. <laughs> no, yeah. Is that the one? Is that the Facebook <laughs> one? Is that the one that's kind of through Facebook? Or? Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't link. You can do it without linking your Facebook. But yeah, it's, it is, and it's very much like looking for. And then um, they ask questions you have to answer so that people. So it's kind of like an easier okay Cupid. Okay Cupid is a bit intense, but um, yeah. I wonder if there's like certain amount of like maybe Tinder. Like you have to do a certain amount of labor in order to, for it to get because. Yeah, match.com and that you had to fill out surveys and you had to do and and so maybe so I never went on a ton of dates and I was super I was picky about like when I went so maybe the the, the whole Tinder problem is that yeah, it's, it's more so random. fast that but then you actually have to spend all that time actually meeting the person. Like I was kind of picky about like if I gotta leave the house, I gotta I wanna have read something that he's written and I wanna have like a pretty good sense of who this is because 
leaving the house station. But also you were you also you were you were a little older, so you probably yeah. weren't as open to the randomness. I mean, I think Maybe. when you're in your twenties, you use you use the apps a little bit differently to you than you would when you're a little bit older. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're maybe. just it's just on the person's face, yeah. which I think as well. And they come and their face doesn't look like their face. Or, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like uh, for me, it's all like smells and like how they present themselves. And like one Tinder date I had, the guy was very he is very good looking and was good looking on, but when he came out, it, the way he presented himself isn't what I would consider attractive. So you're you're investing time in these hours. Like I feel like when you meet someone in real life, you kind of already. You get the vibe pretty fast. But I'm very sociable, so I find it very... And I think that's rare. I think a lot of people are kind of nervous to talk to people on nights out, so it's easier for me to walk up to a person and then mm-hmm. get murdered afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Yeah, not. so I can see why people do like the online day. But yeah, Tinder is just a swipe and you're on the loo, you're swiping on the faces. Yeah, yeah. That seems like... I, I just want... Because I, I, I think just because I'm sort of verbal, I like to, I like to read their thing their little bits their little essays mm-hmm. about themselves and that I felt like I needed a spark of humor in there or something in there before I so I, I don't know but I've also heard that Bumble is good because because the Bumble, woman has to talk first yeah I hate it really yeah I hate it I don't like I don't like talking first okay. <laughs> no, but I mean I was in just, real life I will but not online yeah I mean I I, I was just I was just more I, I I was just wondering in this uh would it perhaps take away some of the desperation for for people as they get older but i i also wonder sometimes with the apps does it make it harder for people to commit yeah because there's just so much options it's just so easy to keep looking i don't i don't know i never and 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 just being an older woman and being yeah being in my late 30s dating and and having all my friends being in our late 30s dating having too many options was not an problem for us like it was just it was just um um i i definitely but it seems like for yeah for some people i could see that would be a thing or or you would just um and there is something called the paradox of choice there was a there was a this guy barry schwartz did um research on this that i mean was about jam and not people but it was like he was like they people got to choose like a jam that they wanted and they could they had when they had eight different kinds of jams they just they didn't really like any of the jams but there were if there were three they would they would pick one jam yes. and kind of decide yeah. they liked it I always say and, cho- yeah, choices are misery no completely yeah. like when you go into a restaurant and the menu's too long I'm like I'm, like, I'm getting out of here I can't make, <laughs> can't make a decision um, so basically yeah. that's what the apps have done the apps have mm-hmm. turned our lives into a big menu so actually maybe people are less well, likely to yeah. get into a relationship it's harder to be satisfied because if you're if you if you're like oh I got this person well maybe there's someone better so you're just harder to settle I guess. But are people like, I mean it seems like when when are are people leaving things that are pretty good because they think something would be better? It seems I mostly hear bad stories that about I mean but, yeah you I mean in terms of bad that. dates like and... in terms of yeah the, like what I mean the women that I've talked to when I would when I would do you know uh, when I was going on the book tour and just talking to women doing some coaching. Um, yeah, I wasn't hearing women sort of saying, "Yeah, he was he was great, but maybe there's something better." They was usually yeah. by the time they were ending it, there was a pretty good reason. Well, I I now when I say that, and I'm going to generalize, I mean men. I think yeah, my, I, I think my. I was just about to say, like if it, your yeah. talk was for men, they'd probably say, "Well, it's great because you can just keep finding other ones." You just keep finding, and yeah, you know, they're just I getting an unlimited, un, unlimited, unlimited supply of women that they can have sex with quite quickly, and then just move on and have sex and. Yeah, it's like um, 
guess yeah, I mean, I you know, I, that, that is just a sweeping generalization. It in is. That it's not so much to say that they can have sex with them, but just in the sense that once they find a flaw, they think, oh. I yeah, can... well, same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, I, no, I, I think that that does sound true. That, but I do think that... women are kind of uh, made for whatever reason to like accept flaws a little better. I feel like yeah. we, we'll date uglier men. We'll be like, oh, if they're a bit of a laugh, that's grand. I don't need their face. <laughs> it's like, or little things. Like, I think there's more on women to be. And again, that might be us putting it on ourselves. I don't know. I don't know uh, either, but I think that's true. And I think that, I mean, women are definitely conditioned to, you know, be more forgiving. Yeah. Um, but um, like no one ever tells a man he's too picky. Or maybe they do. I don't know. They, 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 t- they definitely they say you're too picky. They do? Okay. They've okay. said that to me before. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I... Yeah, but it, it's very hard, you know, like, it's very hard, it's very easy to just throw out a thing of like, people do this and that, but, you know, I think if a guy's in his 40s and he's not in a relationship that people will say similar stuff like, you know, you're too picky or yeah. get it together. Well, and you said, you, uh, I can't remember where you said it, but I remember thinking it was a really good point that you might not just be being too picky, you just might not have met the one. Like, right, Yeah, and right. that was really good as well, because... If yeah, if you're finding fault, maybe they're just not for you as well. So I guess when you do meet the one and you're like, they're amazing. I mean, it's. I think it's. I mean, there, there definitely exist in the world people who are you know overly picky. But I think that for the most part, it's just like you should be picky because yeah. it's the person you're going to spend Absolutely. the rest of your life with. Yeah, it's, it's like, like if if not picky about this, then what? Yeah, I have to wake up every day by them. Yeah, I'm not going for ugly faces anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've learned. So can we? Uh... Can we just discuss uh, jealousy a sure. bit as a topic? Because, uh, well, I mean, th- there's, there's so many different aspects of it. I mean, in, in the the piece in Psychology Today, I thought it was really interesting the way that you were sort of embracing aspects of jealousy as, as a positive thing in a relationship. Yeah, I think that one of the things that the researchers I interviewed said is that, you know, if if you if you don't experience any jealousy in your relationship, then, then that maybe that means you're just not into the person that you're with that that a little bit of jealousy can kind of be a, a nice charge like it just reminds you like oh yeah this person i'm with is great and i am not the only person who notices so i should not take them for granted and you know when you so um so and then and that's the, when i guess people engage in they call it mate guarding behaviors where you go over the party and you and you kind of put your arm around your partner yes. or you um or you or you befriend like the coworker, you know. It's just like, hey, you know, Sarah, like that's a great sweater you're wearing. It's just so so. Oh, well, you're actually so, just like making you just, sure that your competitor is in line. Yeah, making sure that she's in line, and, and then also I think maybe if she is, if you kind of become friendly with her, then maybe that would guard against her um, trying to steal your your spouse if you're if you're you know oh yeah you know, no so i'd just... do that 100 percent. Mm-hmm. i'd be a cute little secretary i'll be her best friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's a yeah, great yeah, yeah. tactic yeah it's, it's a good one yeah so those are those are, those are some of the work but yeah i think that that um if if uh if you're if you don't get a little bit concerned when and, and i don't think it has much to do with trust it's just like it can be i think as long as you are in kind of a basically trusting relationship when you feel that little like surge of panic or something it, i think it just it's just a signal that you recognize that your partner is you know a very attractive person in the world mm-hmm. and that you're not the only one who would necessarily notice that so. and should you in that scenario should you say to your partner like hey you know uh i was a little bit jealous when you were talking to that guy or 
or vice, you know, I was a little bit jealous when you were talking to that girl, or should it just be something that you acknowledge in yourself that you're feeling it? I think it depends. I think it really depends on um, if if you really feel like you're if like if the behavior is really bothering you, and um, and you feel like maybe you're maybe they're, they were being kind of inconsiderate. Then I think you should say something. If if you're saying you know like you were really talking to her for a long time, and it seemed you know it, it, it kind of and um, you know I, I think that as long as it's it's kind of presented as as just like it kind of. It, made me feel jealous or it made, it made me feel a little insecure when you did that and then and then hopefully your partner will say oh I'm so sorry I you know I'll, I'll, I'll dial it back or whatever but of course um there's nothing you know there yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and um uh I, there was they, they divided it up into um you know the, 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 so the, yeah there's the kind of the natural just healthy jealousy of just recognizing your partner as maybe other people might would notice your partner um, and then, but they did divide it up into kind of like, sometimes there was one woman that I interviewed who was just like, anytime the waitress was cute, you know, or anybody's just like, did you like her? Do you, you know, do yes. you want her to date her? Ugh. And like, she was super paranoid. So she realized that she needed to kind of work on herself because it was a pattern that she had with all of her relationships. Um, whereas there was another guy who got very jealous when he saw his wife at a barbecue, talking to this coworker and he got very jealous and she said you're crazy there's nothing going on there and that was true there was nothing going on there but she was having an affair with somebody else <laughs> so he had like there was like kind of an alarm he had an, system in, in, yeah, yeah some sort yeah. of intuition that something was going on yeah um, yeah and I mean but but you, yeah I mean I guess there must be a difference between natural jealousy and I guess what one would call toxic jealousy where it sort of takes over your life in the sense that mm-hmm. you're always thinking that something's going on when it's not, right? Right. I think it's really just a matter of is this, are you responding to an actual event that, you know, you know, or or are you, you know, or, or a real thing that is happening with your partner where your partner is kind of looking around? Is that, or is it just coming from within you? And that can be, that can be pretty hard to sort out, but um but I think that, that and, and and that's why I think it's it's very useful to to talk about it with your partner. And mm. if there's nothing to if if they are devoted to you and if they aren't planning to cheat, then that should be a fine, you know, that should be a fine discussion. That the you know that one of the therapists said, you know, it it's really just a matter. Of, it's kind of on a couple per couple basis where um, there was this one couple where. Um, yeah, one, there were two men and one was, got, got very jealous when the other one was very flirtatious and, and they just kind of, they just kind of drew the boundaries of like when it was okay for him to flirt with others and when it was not. And, um, but their boundary might've been like, he might've been given more latitude than some other couple. Yeah. Another Mm -hmm. couple. And can I ask, uh, uh, is it acceptable to say to your partner, or this is just a personal opinion thing, you know, if you say to your partner, listen, you know, obviously uh, I don't want you to be with anybody else, but if by chance something happens, don't tell me. Because mm. once you tell me, I'll be jealous. Whereas if I don't know, I won't mind. That's interesting. I don't know. I never, I didn't. Um... You've never sort of tack- thought about that? Ah. Uh... I mean, I guess I've thought about that question, like in my own relationship. Like, would if if my husband had an affair, would I want to know? And I don't know the answer to that. Mm. Like, I really, I I guess if it, yeah, I mean, I kind of can see that that point of like, if it was 
some random one-time thing. If it was a silly, if there was a sort of an element of uh, lack of premeditation or sometimes things just happen. But I I mean, I can't say I've thought about it a lot, but I I don't know. It's just like, um, it's a really hard one. I don't know. What is your take on that? Well, it's it's a tough (laughs) one because, uh, well, the joke well jokingly in this conversation i would say was i haven't had this conversation really in a serious relationship i've had it more sort of like just talking about the the subject but the joke i say which i guess is partially based on truth is if some random occurrence happened and then they came to you and they said listen this happened and i just need to let you know because you know i feel like i need to be honest with you my immediate reaction would be oh so you couldn't deal with the guilt so now you're telling me mm-hmm. so to alleviate yourself yeah. from the guilt. The amount of secrets I've kept from you, I held on to all. <laughs> I held on to all of them. Yeah. You know, I, I I ate that guilt to keep us together. Whereas yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Just, but that's that's kind of semi joking. But obviously, that says a little bit about me in terms of sometimes I feel like it's better to just keep the secret rather than bring up the the turmoil. For example, I, I, I'll give a less dramatic example. You you've met your. You, you ended up hanging out with your your ex girlfriend, or or you you were having lunch with a with a woman from work, and you just said, you know what, I'm just not going to tell my girlfriend or my wife, just because I don't want to bring up those feelings yeah, in her. Yeah, yeah, You know, it, it like it is it is it more caring or is it actually dishonest to just say I'd rather just not bring up the emotions? I think it's I think it's that's a fine thing to do to not like if you know it's going to just make her feel bad and insecure and and if there's truly nothing going on Mm. then it seems like yeah why why um i mean if if i would like if she says we're we're, you know what did you do yesterday or what'd you have for lunch like like if as long as it doesn't involve like like actually being deceitful yeah but that's the problem sometimes you then you end up lying yeah that's like oh i just went for a salad on my own and then the back of your mind like you you are lying but then you see if they end up finding out about it, like, you know, the neighbor saw you over with Joanne. Yeah. Then that's... it seems like, yeah, like you're covering something, even though you're, you're maybe not. So it's, it's risky. Yeah, that's a risk. There's a, there's a word for this that I just read recently. What's it called? It's like, called, it's called like micro cheating, which, um, mm. and, and I don't, I, it, it was just, I read an article about it. I don't know much about it, but that, um, and, oh, they talked about it in this podcast called, it's now called the waves. It used to be called double X, which is. So you're te- it's, it, it talked about like texting an ex, but you have you give them a different name on your phone. Oh, oh. yeah, that's that's just good deceit technique. <laughs> See, that that's pretty basic. Ba- yeah, that seems like not okay. Like that no. seems like not you know. But like yeah, I think just just if you um, yeah, if you if if you're having lunch with an ex girlfriend, I, I I don't know. I, I think it's more about like. It, it, there's there is a line between like just not bringing it up versus um, when you're straight up lying, up, like trying you know like like you know then then it is but then you have that weird so just just to take it a little further then you have that weird scenario so say you're in a relationship where the other person is just very paranoid like you said that you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. say you're you're with a woman or the male equivalent who just constantly is sort of like where were you you know always just needs to yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I guess you, you, you partially feel like you're better off just lying because you, you don't want that world of pain, you know? It's hard, though, but then if, if you get caught in the lie, then yeah, her then... paranoia is all the more justified. justified. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think that, that, that with, with someone like that, it's like I, I think it would be about really trying to figure out, is it just that this person is really paranoid or you know, is there anything... Or are that, you driving her? Yeah, yeah are, are you... is there anything you can do to make them feel more secure? Because some people, for some people... 
they just really are that paranoid. And that then some people, sometimes it could just be, um, you know, some people just need more reassurance than mm. other people. And um, I think Mark and I are lucky in that we're both insecure. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we're both just like, do you still love me? Are you sure? Like, we're, we're, but, but like, which I think if like, if we were with more secure people, it might be kind of annoying. Like, yeah, I told you that just, you know, but yeah. we're both a little, we're both kind of insecure. So we. Okay. Yeah. Another jealousy scenario. I'm sorry for just no, throwing no, no, these ahead. scenarios at you. Uh, is it okay or, or yeah, is it okay to just deliberately elicit uh, jealousy in your partner for your own sense of making sure that they're still into mm. you? Or is that a, be a negative behavior? Ah, that's a good one. Um, I mean, it's certainly something that I, with previous like guys I was with or boyfriends, I'd certainly found myself doing, I don't know that it ever worked. But I remember, yeah, but I feel like I was doing that with men when I felt like like they were not fully that into me or on board with me. So you needed to see if 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 they got jealous? Yeah, or just like it was it wasn't even like that. It was it was more just me like kind of this just attempt to be like, "See, See how lucky you are. See what a hot commodity I am. And I don't think it ever worked. I don't think it ever worked. Um, but um, so um, I mean, hey, I don't know. I I, I guess if I, I suppose if that's it's, it's a really. I mean, I associate it with sort of like maybe like a naivety or an immaturity in your sort of development. But at the same time, it's 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 not a technique I've ever used. But I I, I don't like to. That's my personal judgment on it. I, it may actually be, you know, a thing that works for some people, you know? It, there's something about, I think just, I think the reason that I was doing it with these other, you know, did it in these other relationships was that it just was not that good in a relationship. I almost feel like if you're compelled to do that, maybe there's something about the relationship itself that's not. That's not quite right. Yeah, that, um, because the person should make you feel secure. And if they're not, um, then there needs to be a conversation about mm. that or like what's behind that. Cause it just seems like, you know, you shouldn't, especially when you get older, cause that seems like, you know, I mean, there is, it, it is kind of a funny balance about, you know, there's the whole, you know, being in the, I think there's an idea that like, if you're too secure, then you're going to get complacent. And the whole jealousy thing is just that kind of like exciting flair of like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, I could lose them. Like, yes. you know. Mm. Um, but I almost feel like that it can only really be pleasurable. It can only be a kind of a pleasurable thing if you have a basic kind of baseline security in the relationship. If you're already like really worried and kind of paranoid, then it's not going to be pleasant. It's just going to be anxiety producing. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I, it, it, it just, it strikes me that if you're compelled to do that, that there's a deeper problem in the relationship maybe that needs to be addressed. Yeah, plus it, it pushes people away. Like I, mm -hmm. I've had an ex who was just so insecure that he would try to make me jealous with other women, but I would to to annoy him. I would not show any jealousy because yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, this is like, and I would just be like, oh yeah, that's fine. You stayed over in her house and you stayed in her bed. I don't care. Um, because in you know that's not how I show my affection, and it would really irritate me. 
um so but yeah there we definitely shouldn't have been together <laughs> so but it again, is an, it is annoying when people do that oh. yeah jealousy is one thing being jealous is one thing but if you're if you feel like you're aware that somebody's doing it deliberately it is kind of annoying it's annoying and i realize like it, it sets it it, it, it you're, ha- you're in like this adversarial relationship with your partner that you you should be on each other's side and that yes. and that i think so much so often relationships are kind of put in those terms of like you're the winner you're the loser so it's like no either both win or you both lose there's no that th- just th- this idea that you're in a competition for like who is less into the other one or who loves one another the other person a little more or a little less that just seems like right there that's just not mm. a, a relationship that's gonna really work because the person you should just both be on each other's side and yeah. both be supportive and um um because that's because you're together so if one person like there's no like winner or loser you 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 both have to be happy together um and calm and i mean it's sort of like a relationship you kind of be a refuge i think as opposed to something where you're trying to out you know be yeah it should be like yeah competition yeah the safe space as opposed to the 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 place of uh, upheaval yeah why yeah. knock them down when you can build them up like anytime yeah. like um a partner of mine if they uh, I have my, a best friend of mine is a guy and a lot of partners will be very jealous of him but i'll very quickly try to be like the reason why we're best friends is because i'm not and he's not attracted to me so mm-hmm. but like i guess the other side i could be like oh yeah look at me and such and such but like why why do that why even put someone through that that like i try to make it very clear at the start but i could see it, how I could use it to make a partner jealous, but that just seems so mean. It seems to me, it seems like like it might like work in a short term way. Yeah. Like maybe like it would get somebody who's already trying to. It's kind of like breaking up with somebody who's about to break up with you, and suddenly they're like suddenly you're interesting again. Yeah. Or, yeah. But that only works a little. That doesn't really work long term. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like they, they just um, that whereas just kind of like having a relationship with just like mutual kindness and you know then you keep getting it back like if there's just kind of that kind of like pettiness with each other or that that kind of just like withholding then that's what you're going to keep getting back whereas if there's mm-hmm. like a generosity in the relationship it just kind of it, i think yeah there's it can be hard though when that Sorry to interrupt. No go, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it can be hard to fight that though when that energy begins to build up. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can find yourself in it before you even realize it. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the point scoring. And I think that even then, like it's so if you say like, you know what? Like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, I was actually trying to make you jealous at the party because I was feeling insecure. Then that would actually like make the person feel good. Maybe it's just like, oh, okay. You know, like that, that, because that, I think that's another thing is just, just being able to just see yourself when you're maybe not being your best self and then if you can call yourself out on it or like hear it when someone else says it then then that can also make it easier but it's hard to do yeah it's all very hard to do i think that's really a good point because even just if you say it out loud you hear it you're like oh god that was so silly you hear the (laughs) words and you're like okay now i can kind of and it's like a relief yeah no okay my last question on jealousy well i think it's my last question on jealousy (laughs) is it acceptable to check your partner's stuff as in phone computer and obviously if you find something you think well at least i know but was it cool to check in the first place 
I mean, this is just my non-expert opinion. Yeah, well, I, 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 don't, I didn't. Just, yeah, I by didn't, the way, I you're talking to two comedians that are yeah. doing a sex podcast. <laughs> like we have, there's, there's no experts on this podcast. This is an expert-free zone. And I yeah. don't even have a lot of sex, and I'm hosting a sex <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so you're you're, you're, you're absolutely fine. With the, put out your 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 own personal opinion. I mean, my own personal opinion is that there should be trust, and that that yeah, there's something like kind of not okay about it. About mm. you know that that. Um, if, yeah, it, I mean, I, but I've never personally been in the situation where I was worried. So it may be if I was ever worried, would I check? I don't know. But um, because then where does it so, it's, you know what, it, it just seems, it just seems like a slippery slope. So mm. you're just like, all right, you know, let me just check to look at this phone to see. Let me just make sure. And then there's not, and then you don't find anything there, but then you're just like, oh, maybe the email. Like you, you just like, like it just seems like it'd be like eating potato chips or something oh, you just yeah. keep going you just be like once you got once once you're once you gave yourself that permission then it would yeah. I, I don't know like it seemed like it would just kind of snowball plus you, know. you can read the messages wrong like i'm just thinking now if any partner were to go through my phone and you know a lot of my guy friends back home will always reach out being like oh love you hope you're getting on well over there but they could totally read into yeah, that completely yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, purely, purely platonic. So you're you're getting it from a different. Oh yeah, it's risky business. I don't read it. even when their phone flashes up. I look away. <laughs> like, I don't even want to know. And I think that you know, if you're in a couple, you need to have your own. I mean, yes. you should you private space, mm-hmm. and there should just be a, like a baseline trust, and hopefully neither neither party violates it. But there just needs to be your own private space that you mm-hmm. your, your private conversations your private yes. thoughts you don't I, don't I don't think you yeah. have to share everything totally, i think that, yeah. that that um um you just need to know for yourself that you're you're being honorable and kind of you know trust yeah. them but if so yeah I, I, yeah i i don't i don't like the yeah i know i mean <laughs> I, I i i'm of the opinion that people going through your, your stuff is a major violation but at yeah. the same time like people have gone through people's stuff and discovered something and uh you know, I guess in in a court of law, you'd say, "Well, this is not permissible because you had no right to be in it." But but then they but then yeah. they know, yeah. But yeah, you, yeah. Well, but if nothing's going on, you're just hurting yourself. It's like cutting yourself, going in and like, you know, it's like little sort of self harm. Like she that caused a whole thing that didn't need to be. Right. Oh, and I do think and, as well, like with, with your like the I always try to think if I'm seeing someone, well, look, if they're gonna cheat, they're gonna cheat and i might not ever find out about it so i might as well just enjoy what i'm enjoying or you know i might but there's no point worrying about something that hasn't bloody yeah, happened yeah yeah and, and it just like people just need to have their own yeah you just need to have be able to have your private space and your private conversations with your friends mm. and and not and not feel like because that's just not gonna be it's i just think it would be very hard to be happy in a relationship with just knowing that someone was always like monitoring everything that just doesn't seem like healthy at all yeah and i guess you'd have to talk to like a psychologist about what drives these like this like sort of over jealous behavior you know what's behind it where do the insecurities come from i'm sure it gets quite complicated after a while because some people seem to be really burdened by it yeah yeah and some people were cheated on before and i guess they take that into the next relationship or whatever so there's yeah, certain things any well. number of things that might drive someone to to think that because i per- personally for me I, I i obviously i was joking with you earlier about that i tell them to just don't tell me but i mean obviously i get jealous but i i hate jealousy so i hate if somebody tries to bring it up in me 
deliberately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always do, you know, I, I, I am of the opinion that like, if you're meeting your ex-boyfriend for lunch, I guess I'd rather just not know. But they say, but you're going to make me lie to you. And I go, yeah, well, this is. Yeah. Now, now I just like thought of that. Like, yeah, what if, if my husband had, yeah, I guess if my husband had lunch with his ex-wife, I would want to know that. You would want to know. Right? Yeah. I would want to know that. Yeah, I mean, it would least... just be weird. It would just be. Yeah. Also, she lives in Oregon, and it would just be so weird. Let's <laughs> <Like, laughs> <like to> not <laughs> bring up. <laughs> well, but um, yeah. well, if they bring it up, then it's like shows that maybe it didn't really mean anything. As yeah. Much. So that is the thing as well. I mean, the thing about mm. an ex though is that they're an ex. Yeah. Like they're they're not like it, it's. I find exes less worrisome than like sort of just somebody that some new person is just like who's that like yeah. you know like Renex is like they've already been through it all like they're done <laughs> yeah. but um I, I used to have a joke i don't do it anymore but i because it was about my ex-boyfriend who would be jealous of all my exes and i'm like don't be jealous of my exes be jealous of all the guys i haven't fucked <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're more potentials i got rid of these fuckers yeah i wasn't happy <laughs> like, with this guy you know? yeah yeah um all right, I'm sorry I grilled you so much on jealousy. No, but... it's very interesting. It's it's these are questions I hadn't hadn't thought about. I, well, I, yeah, I I won't talk about it too much, but I grew up in a very jealous home. My mm. my mother was very jealous of my father, and she would do things when we would be driving in the car. She would be like, "You're looking at that person across the road," and Ooh. so it was very on. It was hard for her because whatever that issue is is embedded in her. It was very hard for him because. So what if he's looking at it? Even if he was looking right, at a girl, right, and it was right. just so toxic and. I, I saw a lot of that growing up, so I'm very you now. I, I I can't stand jealousy to it, and I'll try to if I see my partner, I'll try to be like, no, no, I'm not doing anything, or mm-hmm. try to ha- ha- yeah, because I just see how to- yeah how toxic, how dangerous it can be. Yeah, I think it's also like on people to also just make sure that they're making their partner feel secure, so that the jealousy doesn't happen so that or that or that it is kind of they they even if the jealousy happens there's a sense of just like okay i know this person is 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 um um not you know not looking around it's like you said that the, the, the you know because people can get kind of enjoy making a partner jealous but then and if that's what's going on then you know is it it's it's not always on the the jealous person it's not always just that the jealous person is being so irrational and terrible it's just i think it's also a responsibility and if you are with somebody who is a little more sensitive i think it is also like okay i choose to be with this person who is particularly sensitive so maybe i need to do a little extra work to keep them assured and and um so i think it's a balance of of both and just communicating i think that's so true because it's funny like my most recent person said just something about this a lot of guys get your most recent person yeah, I say most recent person. <laughs> <laughs> they actually said that to me. They go, I heard you called my, me your most recent. <laughs> <laughs> we made a good point about, like, so my, again, my best friend is a guy. And he just kind of said, like, you know, and just make sure you keep certain stuff with us private. You know, mm-hmm. I see how much you share. And I was like, oh, yeah, that actually is good. Sometimes I probably can over. And then, you know, oh, yeah. it's important to know. And that can... Yeah, so that, I guess, not that he was being jealous, but he was stopping it before it ever happened and setting those boundaries. So just communication is so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard. Yeah. Katie, do we have anything left from our list before we... Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. That was going to be loud. Uh, Chemistry. I read your uh, advice to a 49-year-old German man, and he said about how uh, women kept saying when they go on dates with them that they they don't feel the chemistry and you gave him really good advice and I just thought it was a great advice for everybody about how that he probably just wasn't really being himself and too focused on 
how to be on the date. Uh, well, I think, like, yeah, I mean, I think the chemistry thing is such an X factor. It's just that, mm. you know, it, it just, who knows why we you click are, with yeah why we are attracted to some people not to other people why you know and and why vice versa and um you know and it can be i mean i've certainly been in situations where i was just I thought i was on a date and so i was like we really hit it off wow that was really that was really happening and then no nothing like no <laughs> not according to the other person so you know i definitely understand that frustration i i think what what um my advice to him was to not worry so much about mm. what impression he was making on them and instead just focus on um just having a nice date and um i think that sometimes we get so focused on just like impressing people and, and looking really cool and um that we actually it actually it ends up having the opposite effect where um you just kind of sound self-absorbed and full of yourself as opposed to if you are more focused on the other person and just like asking them how their day was and how things are going for them. They still might not have, there still <laughs> might not be chemistry. That's not like a guarantee of chemistry, but it like, I feel like it was just, I feel like when I get into that mode of just like relaxing and, and just being like a thoughtful, nice person on a date, um, I'm just enjoying it more. And I, th that seems to work a lot better than, than, um, than trying to just like make a good impression by showing the person how fabulous you are. Um, I, I really, yeah, it's just like instead of sell, it's like instead of selling yourself, being yourself, you know, yeah. just sort of like, you know, the, the selling, the selling yourself thing, I think is. Yeah. I mean, I've there. definitely felt that a few t like I've gone on some dates in New York and you can feel it when a person is like, has like kind of like a uh, like a date routine. Yeah, it's almost off putting. Yeah, but I think maybe everybody goes through a little phase where they're just doing a little bit too much dating, mm -hmm. so it can become a bit, uh, you know, it could become a bit like or like a ritual of I'll ask him this, this, and this, and then I'll make my decision. And <laughs> if there's no chemistry, then you're just stuck there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's well, quite painful just being on a date and just being like, oh god, it can oh, be. Yeah, when is this going to end? Yeah, what yeah. excuse am I going to use now to get out of this? Yeah, quicker yeah. than usual. But um, that's why doing comedy is great. We can always have a show we have to run to. Oh yeah, you know, because they're late night. I've used that as well. I've been like, oh, I just got books, gotta go. <laughs> well, I've never. I've I, I I always see it through to the end. Yeah, you know, I I, I definitely, despite the fact that I can be cold. At times, I for some reason I just cannot shut down a date. I walked out fifteen minutes after a date. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, now fifteen minutes since we got into the bar and sat at the, and I didn't even finish my glass of wine. But we had met maybe a ten minute walk before that, and I had said, "Oh, this is this." Firstly, he didn't look anything like his bloody online profile, mm. and then he was just his vibe was weird but i said when are we going to this bar it was nice and quiet we could kind of talk and get to know each other and he was like i don't like the vibe and he brought me to some <laughs> really loud place and i couldn't hear him and he was annoying me so i just said look i'm sorry this isn't for me i'm not feeling the connection and he was like what and then i just said have a nice night and i left i think that's great okay yeah i think more people should feel free to do that yeah especially if he was kind of like a pain and like took you to this kind of awful place yeah, yeah it was like yeah. somewhere like where 16 you know, i know 16 year olds can't go drink but that's what the vibe was like it was so loud and i had just God. done a show i wanted to relax and i was like Ugh. it must yeah. have been so liberated i mean yeah. the feeling when it's finally yeah. over the feeling when a bad <laughs> date is over it's like the most amazing it's like I, I i've literally been in restaurants sitting there just going like i, I like obsessing about how great it's gonna feel to just be like in my car on my own and that's checking the, my yeah. instagram or something yeah, you yeah, know yeah. just just like back to my own life yeah. 
I yeah. couldn't imagine the freedom you must have felt to, <laughs> no, to, to bring that on earlier. Oh, yeah, I went out to my girlfriends, had a drink with them. That's a call. That's a call to our listeners. Have the courage to just walk. Yeah, and then as well, just when you were saying something as well about I had it, it was sweating, and then afterwards he was like, I was just so worried about making a good impression, and I was like, well, actually, you're making a bad impression by not. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, and I yeah. had tried to relax him. I put my hand on his arm and. But yeah, it's a pity because if he was just so in his head, he actually kind of ruined it for himself. Oh, that's, I find yeah. that I can't deal with. Yeah, I that's find that quite hard. unattractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it 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 is. It's, a, it's that whole like that's the the tragedy of of trying to make a good impression <laughs> is that it doesn't. It's just like it's like working so hard to like make people think well of you. There was another a woman I wrote who who wrote about who who writes about self esteem, and she said that yeah, people who like. It's like it's kind of this contradiction that the, the harder you work on trying to make other people have a positive impression of you, the like it just backfires. That's my step. I, I've quoted my stepmom a lot. Actually. <laughs> she is so great. She said to me, I used to always try to please everybody. And then she said, look, just suit yourself and everybody else will suit around. And ever since I started doing that, like my life got much easier oh, and nice. I got better friends nice. and yeah. dated better men. And I think there yeah. is something to be said about stop trying, worrying what other people are thinking and just, yeah, kind of. If anybody's looking for a quick synopsis of uh, just like the bad date vibes, I don't know. Has anyone watched? Have, you, have either of you tried to watch that series, Dirty John? No, no. Well, there's also a pod. It, it comes from a pod. It's a true story about about you know like a like a like a scam relationship guy. I'm not giving away any spoilers, but literally one of the first scenes is a, a quick sort of montage of all her bad dates before she meets this guy, and they're really good because even though they're all based on sort of like men talking to her so obviously it's all just like bad men man dates right 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 i i, I it, it is a good uh for anyone out there listening and for you guys also, yeah. it's a, it'll take you back to the horror of <laughs> just listening to people like selling themselves and oh and it could be just yeah it could really put you off the whole date i had a, i went on a date with a guy in his 40s and i thought oh, this would be great he'll be so mature and he first question he asked me was what celebrity do you masturbate to what <laughs> Really? I swear to oh. God. And then I'm so, this was before, this is what probably trained me to get out of dates after 15 minutes. Like I, this was a while back, so I was still Irishy, um, and I felt I had to be very polite and stay there. I even kissed him before I left because I felt like I'll kiss him and he won't be too, feel too bad about the date. And then I'll just never talk to him again, but, which is ridiculous. I shouldn't have even kissed him. But yeah, I just he, want to put it out there that kissing weirdos is not a specifically Irish thing. Just but I mean, I was, I mean, like, I, I, was I feel like an Irish girl. I feel like an Irish girl will kiss, even if we're not interested, just to be nice. Just to be nice. So I think I, I, I've actually heard quite a lot of women say that you sort of do it out of sort of a sense of not wanting to let the guy down. Yeah, but I've learned myself the, like, out of that. Whole, like going for the cheek thing. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like the kiss goodnight, and you like. Yeah. Oh, you do the side swipe. Yeah. yeah, they're going in for the kiss, and then you go oh. for the cheek. It's like, damn, she gave me the cheek. Do you know what the only thing he asked? This guy was such a weirdo. Uh, he asked me, "Tell me something your parents don't know." And it's like, I just oh met you. Why would but I? He's tell a clearly you? a weirdo. Wow. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, anyway, oh, but so anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, just out of curiosity, so what was the answer to the question? <laughs> I said, "Why would I tell you anything I haven't told my parents?" No, the, uh, no, oh, not the masturbation. <laughs> Which celebrity? You know what? I, I, I'm kidding. I don't well, need no, to know. I'm going to answer. I had never masturbated masturbated to, to a celebrity until he, he said that and then I thought oh maybe I should <laughs> <laughs> so who's the guy from High School Musical Zac Efron that's my guy <laughs> oh, Zac, oh that's funny he's the one I mentioned in but anyway sorry we're, we're getting we're getting into the silly zone which is totally fine the, kind of an obligation to our listeners yeah but uh, that 
that was I mean, great. thank you so much. It's yeah, an hour, so hour and much. six minutes we've been chatting. Oh, oh, fun. It went by so fast. Yeah, this is it so is much fun. fun. I'm so happy we did this. Thank, thank you so much for your time and, and for inviting you. us into your house. Yeah. Thank you for coming. And um, um, Oh, by the way, do you have anything still to plug? Yeah, well, I would like to plug my book, which I think if somebody liked this podcast, that would be the thing that they would probably like, yeah. which is It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons You're Single. And it's I go through all of the terrible things people say to single people and why that's bullshit. So um, it's great. Make sure, make sure to buy that. Currently, we're the number three Irish podcast. Oh so wow! It's, it's not a, it's that's not amazing. A, it's it's not a bad plug. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Are you are you so, a social media person? I am. I'm a, at sarahecklecom Though most of what I tweet about is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez these days. Oh, is that I'm right? Obsessed with her. Um, and then I have a Facebook. Yeah, but sarahecklecom You can kind of is sort of where my articles are and and my book links and and that's you can get the link to everything at, at my website yeah yeah the psychology or the jealousy that's is on that yeah yeah. yeah that's on it's that great. site um if we chat again we'll chat about alexandra ocasio who is that Love her. what i don't know anybody well we'll discuss it after i'm gonna hang <laughs> i'm gonna hang up the phone here <laughs> and then we'll discuss uh, aoc thank you okay i'm back hello um i hope you guys enjoyed that i thought she was great so interesting what a what a uh, amazing and lovely woman so thank you sarah that was brilliant and guys don't um hesitate on messaging us any feedback we'd love it and uh, i love all the feedback i'm getting so far and um, so yeah dm us at katie ball comic or at des bishop um or email we have this email called contact the shift at gmail.com so please um i've already gotten a bit of feedback which is great but any more feedback on the topic we put out last time you know on kind of game playing so like you know when you're like courting somebody or even in relationships this kind of playing a cool do you play a cool or do you play games or do you um are you just open and honest do you prefer that you prefer when someone's a bit more nonchalant or playing hard to get or the chase any of that sort of stuff yeah let us know so we can do uh we'd like to do an episode on that so we'd love to get some feedback and opinions and thanks for everything already. You guys have been amazing. Um, so yeah, keep it coming. And uh, yeah, so that's really it. And have a lovely day. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.